and welcome to the final episode of Des and Marco Season 1. I'm Marco. And I'm Des. Des, what a journey it's been. 40 episodes, 41 including this one. 82 beers <laughs> drank in total, plus the two from today. That's nearly 30 liters, over 24 hours on the air, plus I don't know how many hours that we recorded in total, plus I don't know how many hours that we spent researching, if that's what you call watching TV. Just a few stats, fifteen over 15 game reviews, more than 30 movie reviews, almost 30 TV series, a few books, a handful of podcasts, and even a couple of gadgets we reviewed and countless news articles. Countless because you couldn't be bothered counting them. That's exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> because I couldn't be bothered going into every single one of our episodes and seeing every news bit we talked about. The most important thing, though, is that having very low expectations for this little project of ours just to keep ourselves entertained, we've had over 3,000 listens and counting and increasing. So... That's caught me by surprise, to be honest with you. And I don't know why people are listening, but thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And from every continent, which is awesome. Yeah, we're worldwide. Yeah, so it's not just our families and friends that listen to us occasionally. It's actual strangers, which is really humbling as well. And one person from Japan. Yes. Arigato. I don't think we should change the formula, Marco. So what beer are you drinking? Right. So... I don't know if you can hear a difference in my in my voice, but I currently don't have my microphone because I'm not at home. I'm at my sister's place, which is in a different country, so I don't have my podcasting gear. And part of my podcasting gear is a fancy beer, which I don't have. So I basically just looked into my sister's fridge and picked the first one I could find, which is a BrewDog Punk IPA, the, the one that started it all. Which we've already reviewed. Have we? So this will be interesting to get two perspectives. <laughs> it was in episode four. This is good. Two perspectives. Yeah, this is the only one they had. But anyway, what about yours? I found this beer and I thought, this is a sign from the beer makers. The beer gods. Maybe. It's a Scottish beer from Drygate Brewing Company. It's a fancy American-hopped vanilla shake IPA. Now, bear in mind what this show is. It's a podcast. This beer is called Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Six out of six. Six out of six just for the name alone. I'll be honest. I picked it only for the name. I have no idea what to expect, but I couldn't turn this down. And I thought it was a very apt way of finishing our first season. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. All right. Well, without any further ado, let's get drinking. It's also like 2,000 degrees in here. So, so Des, where, where should we start? As we mentioned, this is our season finale. And we're not going to so much as do a recap of what has happened over this last year of recording. But we thought we could maybe talk about the things that we got right the predictions we made which were correct and our foresight, so to speak, then maybe we could talk about things we didn't get right. And on top of that, things to look forward to in the next season, episode timings, episode topics, so on and so forth. So first things first, what did we say which was correct, which is surprising for us? Yeah, 
just the fact that we were correct on a few things is awesome. One thing that comes to mind, especially in the wake of Samsung's latest announcement of the Galaxy Z or Z Fold 3 and the Z or Z Flip 3. In our episode Bendy Bondi, we talked about the foldable future and about how maybe not this generation, but two or three years from now, foldable phones will be common. And it seems like Samsung is uh, wants the world to go that way. I said it in that previous episode, I really like the flip because it's the one which comes with a smaller form factor and then becomes a proper sized smartphone. Whereas the fold is chunkier than a normal smartphone, but opens up to be a tablet. So potentially a productivity machine. The curious thing about the flip is that the price has dropped considerably. It started at around $1,300, pounds, euros, whatever. But this year, it's dropped to below that 1000 mark. Yeah. That's a pretty interesting feat. And it's improved in every way compared to the previous generation. So that's really interesting. Yeah. One feature that I did like was the fact that they somehow managed to make them waterproof or water-resistant which is very surprising given the fact that the Achilles heel of foldable phones has been the durability and the fact that they're much more delicate than a a regular smartphone. If you factor in that Samsung phones also tend to drop in price after three, four months, you could maybe get yourself a foldable phone for not much money in the very near future. And good phones, not just gimmicks. I think that's what impressed me the most that all these reviewers who initially said this is potentially a gimmick i don't see a use for this they're now changing their tune they're now saying this is feasible this is the future yeah with a thousand dollar euro price tag i think we could even see seven eight hundred dollars by the time we get to black friday which then becomes very compelling with the very generous trade-in offers that samsung currently offers I've managed to get it for 500. I haven't bought it. What I mean to say is the price came down to 500. I was so tempted. Yeah, I bet. So watch this space. (laughs) Let's see what Des will have bought after the summer. But another thing that these phones feature, which we have seen on, I think it was a Xiaomi phone. ZTE Accent or something. Right, sorry. It's the front-facing camera under the screen. So you don't get a notch or a punch hole or whatever. It's just hidden under the screen. And we did say that that we were going to see this more often. And here we are on a, let's say, flagship mainstream phone from Samsung. And not only Samsung. In China, Xiaomi and Oppo have both released, or at least announced them, so they will be hitting the shelves shortly. And they both have much better iterations of their under-the-screen camera tech. This involves hiding the camera underneath the screen, so it only becomes visible when in use. Otherwise, there is an uninterrupted screen. The first iteration was rough. We said it was rough, but it was the beginning of the future. We saw the tech, we commented on it, had no mainstream appeal. It was purely for enthusiasts who wanted to see the first iteration of this tech. Even faster than we predicted. I said five years. It took one year for the next flagship phones to include this as a premium feature. Yeah, that's right. Then we talked about the chip shortage. And that is definitely still a thing. Just 
Try buying a PlayStation 5. Try buying anything for that matter. Even Nintendo Switches are in low stock. Everything is in low stock. I saw a very interesting documentary about global shortages of everything. Mm -hmm. It was by Wendover, the YouTube channel. Yeah. Everyone has blamed the pandemic, but the pandemic basically was the straw which broke the camel's back. Mm -hmm. The supply chain of modern economics is so fragile and reliant on a few key producers that when the pandemic hit, coupled with a change in consumer practices, because having more money to spend on products, but less money to spend on going out because you couldn't go out, all of a sudden, all of these industries were in short supply of silicon. Factor in the fact there was only two or three companies which produced the silicon, all of a sudden, there was a scramble for resources. And that's going to take a long time to settle down because these companies and factories, they're not things you can just build in two seconds. You need to season the machinery and, you know, heat up the ovens. And it's a very, very delicate procedure. So we spoke about it right at the beginning of a chip shortage when people were still saying, oh, it's because of the pandemic. But the repercussions will be felt for a long, long time. Yeah. And I think we talked about it last week or the week before. And you made a very good point. We were talking about the Pixel 6 or the upcoming Pixel 6 phone by Google, where I had mentioned that this time around, Google will be making their own chip. And you pointed out the difference that they will be designing it. And the same goes for Apple. The same goes for, I think, NVIDIA. The same goes for pretty much every hardware manufacturer that designs their own chips they don't necessarily build them. So the foundries are limited to three or four companies. Samsung comes to mind, TSMC comes to mind, and very few others. On a completely different note, another thing that we predicted and is still ongoing is privacy. Privacy has always existed. I'm not saying it's a new invention. However, Apple has doubled down on privacy as a feature even with some very recent controversial announcements of how they're going to actually monitor everybody's phone for illicit content. Yeah. However, privacy is very much in the public eye and all the big tech companies are really struggling to find the balance of user freedom versus harvesting data. Yeah. I remember in episode 25, same app, different Apple, we talked about my experience moving from Windows to macOS and going the, the other way around with mobile phones, going from iOS to Android, and how the experience was largely the same. And so we predicted that companies are going to have to find a way to differentiate themselves to compel you to buy their products. Apple has the strength of its ecosystem, and I have to admit, it does work better than other ones, but also that they were going down the route of privacy to differentiate themselves even further. Also, they have nothing to lose in the sense that if Google can't collect your data, Android suffers from it. And in return, Google suffers from it. Apple isn't a data harvesting company. So essentially, they can afford to double down on, it, on privacy. Yep. So we got that right. And another thing we think we've got right is electric mobility. Marco's recently bought an electric bicycle and is refusing to do any exercise ever. I'm in possession of an electric car and I've made the switch. This new zero emissions electric lifestyle is probably here to stay for the near future. 
And within a decade or so, Europe in particular is going to be electric only or zero emissions only when it comes to mobility. So we got that right, but we haven't quite figured out how it's going to pan out. Yeah. And this is in a year where electric cars are becoming more and more popular. Electric car brands are announcing more and more that they will go, that they will produce only electric cars from 2025, 2030, and so on. Brands like Fiat, like, like Lamborghini, like Porsche, like Volkswagen, and so on. And yeah, the future is already written where we are going to move towards an electric mobility future. But, uh, I think it might be coming earlier than expected. Like you said, I'm refusing to do any exercise. But you know what? The other day, I went to the office with my uh, new electric bike. Usually when I bike to the office, because it's about 10 kilometers away, I had to bring a change of clothes because by the time I would get to the office, I'd be covered in sweat. And now it's perfect. Like I can go in my office clothes and it's effortless. And I'm more compelled to bike, and I'm less compelled to take public transport. So why not? And it takes me more or less the same time. Completely agree. I think it is the future. And in our household, we currently have two cars. And I'm strongly considering downsizing to just the one vehicle and having an accessory mobility thing, such as a bike or a scooter or whatever, Because they make commuting so easy that for those sort of short journeys in a city, they're perfect. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to worry about parking. You don't have to worry about a number of things. The only downside to using a bicycle as opposed to to a car is if you live in a place and you do live in that place where the weather is bad and where it rains often, it's not so much fun to bike in the rain. Okay, so... Those are the things that we said which were accurate. Lots of the things that we said were not very accurate, regardless of our terrible fact-checking. So let's quickly go over some of the things that we got wrong. Back on episode 7, Vaccine and a Bucket of Gaming, I had the fortune of being vaccinated pretty early in this whole affair because of what I do for a living. And I predicted incorrectly that this was the beginning of the end. So I thought, having had the vaccine... The vaccine would have rolled out much faster than it has, and things would have been back to normal, I don't know, within three, four months. I was way off. Way, way off. (laughs) Yeah, the Delta variant didn't seem to agree with you. No. So I got that completely wrong. The lockdown, or let's say travel restrictions in some shape or form, have lingered a lot longer than they're welcome yeah and they have loosened up especially if you're in the eu or if you're in the schengen area for example it's still difficult for des and i to visit each other it's uh, practically impossible for us to go to the us for vacations so yeah we're still in the middle of it we're not out of it yet if you are fans of the show you will notice that we introduced a new segment maybe halfway through the season, called the apology section. And there's a very specific reason for that. Yeah. Again, we mention this every episode. And fact-checking isn't really our thing. As in, we find ourselves apologizing for stuff after we say it, because it actually takes a long time. So you will have noticed that we got a bunch of things wrong, (laughs) but then apologize for them. Yeah, we take very much a community-driven approach, i.e. if you tell us we're wrong, we'll accept it. 
Yeah, we'll just we'll not fact check that and just assume that we're wrong because we probably are. Another thing that I want to say that we didn't get right or that we got pretty wrong is in terms of our social media management. We've been pretty inconsistent in terms of social media, in terms of there's times where both of us feel better about tweeting and that's what we'll do. And then times that we don't want to, and then we don't. Or in terms of, uh, you will have noticed that we've been posting uh, photos of our beers, which we have kind of forgotten to do over the last uh, over the last few weeks. So yeah, I think maybe one thing we need to improve is to be a little bit more consistent in social media. But keep in mind that neither Des nor myself like social media, so it's a really an effort for us. On the whole, though, I think we did a very good job. I'm very proud of what we have achieved. Even though we didn't get everything right, there are still some things that we wish we could have spoken about but didn't have the time or the perfect episode theme didn't quite materialize. One of the things I wish we could have done, and this is partly down to the pandemic and the fact that new movies simply weren't being released, but I wish we could have spoken a bit more about movies in general. Yeah, for sure. There weren't any new movies coming out, except for very rare cases. The Snyder Cut, for example, comes to mind, which is not really a new movie. It's just a different editing of, a, of an, an existing one. But yeah, I wish we could have talked about more movies. Like the latest Bond one is one that I'm really looking forward to. And, I was, and it was supposed to come out ages ago and then kept getting postponed and postponed. There wasn't that much material to, to talk about. But in a couple of occasions, last week comes to mind where, we, where you talked about the Tarantino movie, the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, or maybe it was two weeks ago. Or a few months back, I talked about True Lies, which is a movie from the mid-90s. So let us know if you'd like us to keep talking about older movies or if you want to be updated from us on the latest ones. Another thing we, well, I didn't get to do Marco is a huge fan of Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh my god. At one point, I wanted to speak like Arthur. <laughs> one of my plans for the extra time I had in lockdown was to finish or at least get far in Red Dead Redemption 2. But it's just too slow of a game and I haven't gotten very far in it. We had planned a special on Red Dead Redemption 2, maybe talking about Grand Theft Auto as well, seeing that it's made by the same people and it's made partly in Scotland. And now, I don't know if you read the, the latest, there's reports saying that Rockstar or the old Rockstar North, I don't know what it's called now, the, the Scottish brand or the Scottish branch, is uh, working on remasters of GTA 3, GTA Vice City and GTA San Andreas. So a Grand Theft Auto themed episode is probably a good idea, which leads me on to my next thing. It would have been nice to be able to do more specials. Yeah. They were tons of fun. I remember three of the specials that we did, the one about electric cars. I really enjoyed doing the research, but it really took a lot of time. The one about cloud gaming, same thing. The one about streaming services, uh, music streaming services, same thing. But yeah, I think that's something that we will focus on more in the next season. We also had plans to talk about our favorite games from the past, including the Monkey Island series. I have a yes. beer picked out for it. It's sitting in my cupboard waiting for the day. It's been there for over a year. 
So one day we will talk about it. It involves a bit of effort, but doing these on a weekly cycle means that we're really tight for time. Yeah. I don't know about you, Des, but the minute we stop recording or the minute I, I click stop, I'm already stressed about what to talk about for the following week. And I get the feeling that the the episodes that are mostly improvised are the ones that are weaker or the ones that I'm having less fun recording. Which brings us on to our next segment really nicely. Things to look forward to in our next season. We plan to give ourselves a bit of a break. I'm not going to give an exact time scale, but we're thinking maybe one or two months because we want to enjoy summer. And we want to enjoy traveling. I'm actually going to be going to Greece for the summer. So or I'm going to be going to Greece for a couple of weeks. And I'm so looking forward to that. I'm probably going to be spending time on the beach rather than in front of Netflix. So I won't have much to talk about. Which takes us on to our next point. This weekly cycle is quite grinding. We enjoyed it in lockdown. We had the time to deal with it. With the world opening up, we think we can provide better quality content by stretching out the time between episodes. Yeah. So we're probably thinking new episodes at a minimum fortnightly, maybe a bit more. That will give us more time to do to do specials, to properly research things. Hopefully, although I doubt it, we will fact check a bit more things. The idea is to have an episode where a bit more work has gone into it and that we can be a bit more proud of. And finally, the one thing that we are super hyped about for the next season is not only having more specials, but having more guests. I want to take the opportunity to thank Jay for coming on the show. Jay, remember, you're always welcome here. So whenever you want to drop by and say hello, let us know. And we're also planning to have other guests as well. We won't spoil anything yet, but we've got something special planned. Last but not least, probably the most important thing of this episode is you guys. Thank you all so much. This has kept me sane during the darkest days of lockdown. I don't know about Marco. Oh, for sure. Uh, I still remember the time when we decided to come up with, with this idea of, doing, of recording a podcast. It, it started out as something for us. We were getting close to the winter. It was cold. We live pretty far north, so days were dark. We were in lockdown. We had curfews. There was literally nothing we could do. Like for you, this has kept me sane. This has given me a purpose, for, especially in, in those days. But this wouldn't be a Desen Marco episode if we didn't talk about our beers. Marco, how's your Brudak Punk IPA? <laughs> well, I read the I, I, I went to see the the score that you gave it. It's an IPA. It's pretty good. I like it. Although I don't know if this would be my IPA of choice. You know I'm a big fan of Lagunitas. And also I prefer some other Brewdog beers more. The Elvis juice comes to mind, which is a grapefruit-infused IPA, which is awesome. And in this really hot summer's day, it's perfect. But anyway, back to the Punk IPA. This is the one that started at all. So it's uh, definitely an important beer. It's a little bit bitter. You do feel the hoppiness. I do like it, but I'm not blown away by it. So I'm going to give it a 4 out of 6. And what about your podcast beer, Des? This is hilarious. I need to read to you the little blurb that they've put on the can. Okay. So first things first, podcast, New England IPA with vanilla. 
In this day and age, it seems like everyone has a podcast. Well, here's ours. American hops hit the airwaves first, carrying juicy fruit aromas. Crammed with oats and wheat, the body is soft, smooth, and rounded. Finally, a blast of vanilla brings the milkshake vibe, without relying on lactose. Vegans, rejoice, as milkshake IPAs are finally for everyone. As you may have guessed, this is a very sweet New England IPA. It does taste like a milkshake. You definitely get those vanilla flavors. You definitely get those milky undertones, but it's still vegan friendly. It's not what I expected from a beer. I picked it purely because of the name. It's not the kind of beer that I like because it's quite sickly sweet. But if you like sweet beers with a fruity twist, this is definitely one to go for. With that in mind, on name alone, I'm going to give it a five out of six. <laughs> wow. Because to be honest, that's a beer that tastes like a milkshake would not get a high mark from me. Neither from me, but it's called podcast. So you have to love it. <laughs> yeah. So we appreciate, and everybody has a podcast these days, including us and including them. But anyway, guys, I had a blast recording this. This has been a ton of fun. And I think also it's uh, a real pleasure to sit down and have a chat with you with the beer every week, Des. So I really wish we could do this face-to-face soon. To our listeners, I'm extremely grateful for all of your feedback, your listens and your support it's been amazing and i'm really looking forward to the summer and i'm really looking forward to come back with better episodes i couldn't say it better myself thank you again we'll see you next season see you next time guys enjoy the summer <laughs>